When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What a great summer sport darts is. Another great summer sport, sailing. We're pretty good at it here in New Zealand. And um, look, over the last wee while, well, actually last week in particular, we had a genuine highlight of the uh, Australasian, let's say the world sailing um, calendar. Because... Law Connect didn't just win the Rolex Sydney to Hobart yacht race, line honours. They run, they won it in, I guess, history-making fashion. 51 seconds separated Law Connect and Andrew Comanche at the end. The second closest finish in the history of the race. The closest was in 1982. It was a come-from-behind victory that it was kind of hard to believe when we were following along with it live here on SENZ. It was... It almost felt like it was uh, it was gone. The race was over about 45 minutes before that. And <laughs> what I love is Christian Beck, who has invested so much in this, um, I think they were runners-up three years in a row, is the owner-skipper, Beck, has called his yacht a shitbox, affectionately, no doubt. His 100-footer was a shitbox compared to Andrew Camachi. And... Um, Sure enough, with a very talented crew, including a couple of Kiwis, they managed to pull this off. Brad Jackson was on board. He's an extremely accomplished and respected sailor. Uh, he's done it for a long period of time. Brad, good morning to you, mate. Um, in your career, had you ever been a part of something quite like that last week, though, mate? Yeah, hi, guys. Um, well, yeah, I probably have and probably been on the wrong end of it, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, it was quite nice to... To be on the right side of it, um, it, it happens in that in that race and in that river, in that Derwent River. So yeah, I've been on the receiving end of uh, of that a couple of times. So yeah, no, it was really um, really nice to get there, and we, you know, we we had a we had a good race. We, we sailed well. Um, we were in front or close to it a lot of the race, so it wasn't like a a huge um, jag at the end. You know, it was it was pretty well deserved. Yeah, right. So, and then that's exactly what I wanted to to ask you about. I mean, how did it feel out there? It sounds like you guys thought you were always in it, and you were. It was more of a grinding finish rather than a a bolt from the blue just to end the race. So, could you could you talk us through that last exchange in the river, and what was it? Was it a bit of wind? Was it just reading conditions? Did you? What was tactically? What was the kind of the pivotal moment of the, over the last fifteen minutes, half an hour? Yeah, well, well, basically, you're, um, you know, the, the weather conditions. Basically, you're, you were the front boat was running into a brick wall. Basically, there was just no wind, um, so you can sail up to it and just stop. And they had, and just 
they had to wait for us basically and we brought the breeze down and then we stopped hit the same wall and then it slowly little bits of breeze come in and out so when we got to that stage when we were sort of you know beside them or very close to them um then the you know the breeze was was never going to fill in it was just little bits here and there so their boat is is a bit stickier than ours so we felt pretty comfortable that you know we had um had the legs on them for that for that last little bit but it's still very you know it's just one puff here or there that um you need to get going and um and we sort of did get past them you know before the finish and then and then they jibed inside us and got a little puff and they were off and we thought oh well that's that's it pretty much because we're running out of time running out of runway and yeah you know we sort of stuck to it i guess and and just got there in the end it sounds like so uh, no, yeah, no great tactical. Well, you know, we, we saw it well, but um, we were, they, they were stopped, so it's pretty hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, you're such a, you're so matter of fact about it, Brad. Here I was, I was fantasizing, you know, in my head about how <laughs> how exciting it was, but you're so. But it's it's the reality of a race that's quite grueling and. It kind of comes down to those little bits of fortune here and there, and I suppose over your career, as you said, you've you've seen it all really, and you've been on the wrong side of it. But on the boat, like I mean, Christian himself, there must have been a huge amount of elation and emotion involved. Well, there was. I mean, the the whole crew and Christian, you know, were were super excited. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone was pretty um, tense in the last last hour or so, but. Um, you know, those guys were sort of up in the foredeck trying to trying to keep the weight forward, and and they I've seen a few videos um, from some of the guys on the boat, and they were jumping around afterwards, and or, you know, jumping on top of each other. So they're pretty happy, and um, I guess it was they probably thought we weren't going to get there, um, but but um, which you know you never know. You just got to keep doing what you can do and uh, see how it goes. Brad, this this could be a bit of a silly question, but I think it's important because not everyone will know exactly the the dynamics of a, a boat this big and the sort of race. How big is the crew? And in the the final, you know, hour and coming up the river or whatever the final um, period, who is actually working and doing what on the boat? Yeah, so so we did the race with twenty one crew. Um, Oh, we might just get Joe to, to grab Brad there. He's just wandered out of reception wherever he was. Um, he's down there in the Coromandel, in a, and I think he was even in a fishing competition. So we'll ask him, we'll ask him about that before we're done with him. But I'm very interested in particular... Um, yeah, cool. We're just going to get Brad back on the line. I'm really interested in particular about exactly how big the crew was and who was at what station kind of in the, the last bit because in a race that long, like we're talking a better part of two days, obviously you have a few people on there, but I imagine not everybody can be working in the, the final part. So, Brad, you were just explaining there um, exactly how many people were doing what over the last concluding stages. Yeah, so basically we have 21 crew for the for the race. Um, four of those crew come from uh, Leap from the corporate side, so you know they don't really take part in the sailing. They they just help out where they can. And Christian as well. He he doesn't 
get that involved on the sailing side. But um, so we've got a relatively small crew, and yeah, just just in that last stuff, it's probably only four. Oh, it's probably five or six people um, towards the back of the boat and trimming and doing all you know doing the manoeuvres that are doing some of the other guys because it's so light are trying to put their weight in the best place. Uh, which is normally on the bow and that light stuff. So, yeah, it's quite um, it's pretty quiet at the back, really, because there's not too many of us. <laughs> Everybody's probably head down, just focusing. So, compared yeah. to and Christian's called it a, a ship box, I can, um, and, and I, he's obviously um, saying that with the utmost affection to his his yacht because it's done a job for him, but. Compared to the the boat that's come second, which you know quite well, what are the major differences, and was their setup much different to yours? Oh yeah, I mean it's Comanche is a you know a, a more a lot more modern um, yacht than ours. It's it's um, super fast in certain conditions. Um, we're we're sort of okay, you know we're quite an all round boat. Um, we're not that flash in the light, but we're we're pretty good in the breeze. But <clears throat> any conditions that we're strong in, Comanche uh, should be a lot stronger than us and a lot faster than us. But um, yeah, it's just got more horsepower. It's it's a bit lighter than us. Got a lot more riding moment than us. So that sort of re- relates to to speed. You know, when when you have enough wind. But it is it is very um, sticky in the light because it's a big big wide boat. But um, yeah, we we we're improving our boat, and it is yeah, it is um, it doesn't get you know the money spent on it like like Comanche does. It's there's a lot of things you could do to it, but you know Christian gets gets what he wants out, gets what he needs out of it, and and uses it well. It's a really interesting dynamic. Uh, the kind of I guess the financing side of it, or I guess the assembly side of it, when you're building a crew and a and the boat to compete in the race like this. How many how many races would this boat compete in a year? And does the crew stick together, or are you guys freelancers that kind of might pop in for just the Sydney to Hobart, for example, and some go elsewhere? Like, what does the the calendar year look like for a, a vessel like this? Yeah, yeah, this boat does very little sailing during the year. Basically, we it gets you know put back together. You know, um, during the year, we'll pull apart, put back together during the year, and then basically we start racing at the end of November. There's a few races, coastal races in Aussie that they all put together basically as a lead-up to the to the Hobart. And um, so we do a couple of weeks then, and then we just come back. You know, yeah, we, we had the same bunch most of the time, but, you know, yeah, I, I just come in um, like a lot of the other guys just for, for those races, and that's it. And... Um, we do the Hobart, and now the boat will be put away until the, the next race, I, I think. I'm not sure what's going on this year. And they, they do a little bit of corporate sailing as well uh, during the year, but, um, yeah, not, not a lot of racing. Uh, Tony Murrah, obviously, as the sailing master, uh, another uh, great Kiwi, very accomplished sailor. Um, we can't speak for him, but it was this a, you imagine this would be a pretty bit of a highlight for him as well, and right in the thick of it with a hell of a job, and I, yeah. I imagine... His experience at the end there would have been invaluable. Yeah, yeah, Tony does a, a great job um, for Christian and for for the guys. Um, you know, he he does he works really hard to get the most out of what he can. I think for their their budget and their 
program and things like that. But yeah, no, he does a does a great job for Christian, um, and he's you know we're all obviously good mates and um, we have a good good time on the boat and like sailing with each other. We sail together on a lot of boats, so um, that's uh, we're getting to that stage of our careers where we like sailing with the, the people we want to sail with and, and on the boats we want to sail on. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you've you, like could just give us a bit of context to your personal career, Brad, because. I was speaking to Peter Montgomery the other evening and or the other morning, and he, he said that no, these guys have they've been doing this for a very long time, lots of around the world successes. So, um, you still have the same thirst for it you did when you were a younger man? Um, well, yeah, probably not the around the world stuff so much anymore. I'm getting getting too old for that to be to live like that. But um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that, and it's been a huge part of my life, and I still. Like I said, if you can sail on boats these days with a good bunch of, you know, a good team um, and on cool boats that are doing cool races, it's um, I'm pretty lucky that I can still do that um, and still get asked to do it. So that's, you know, I still really enjoy it. Um, yeah. And does the, the uh, Sydney to Hobart... Uh, sorry, mate. Does the, the Sydney to Hobart, like your... I, I, how many of these have you sailed in there and competed in, and does it still have the same magic to it? I mean, obviously, it would have felt like it this year because you've won it, but do you think the? I mean, it, it's probably as prestigious and uh, dare I say it, um, old as almost any sporting competition in this part of the world that kind of has been going as long as it has. It really holds that luster. It seems to do from the outside looking in. Does it feel like that when you're competing in it? Yeah, I, I think um, we, when you're in Aussie and Boxing Day on the start, you realise what a huge deal it is. Um, you know, it's programmed in between the starts live on TV. I think it's programmed in between the cricket test, the lunch break or something like that, um, yeah. which which is a huge, huge thing in Aussie. Um, and then the whole race and when you get to Hobart, it's, you know, front page of, every, of the papers. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's a huge, huge event for us. You know, for Aussies, for for Australia, but yeah, it doesn't feel that big for us. I don't think because it's the same as other big races we do, Passnet or Middle Sea or all these races. But um, no, it's it's a huge event. It's a the Australian guys, you know, on our boat. It's it's the big big thing for the year. So everything works towards that. Yeah. Hey, I got to ask you before I let you go, Brad, because um. The, I usually work with Ian Smith during the the um, usual year when he's not away commentating cricket. Yep. He does a show here on SCNZ, and Smithy would call this real sailing, and he, he can't quite get his head around the, the super foiling, the F1-on-water type uh, America's Cup that we we have been seeing and we will see later this year in um, Barcelona. Do, do you do you get into the, the new age sailing as well? I mean... It, like it's still an amazing craft and there's still huge um, amounts of skill and the skill set and, and I guess the fundamentals of conditions and sailing to a point are the same. Are you a big follower of the modern day stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I follow it for sure. And, you know, I, I really like the, the development side of it and that's, that's, you know, we're always looking to learn and stuff. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't sail them necessarily, but I'm sailing on another boat at the moment that has foiling, big foiling thing, and it's uh, it's really interesting. And you know, when you've sort of sailed a lot of a lot of years and 
done a, a lot of the same things a lot of the time. It's quite cool to, to see something new and sail on something new. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so the, you can, you know, the, it, there is room for, also, you know, the, the, the development side and the newer age stuff as well as, you know, it's, it's all good. It's all, it's all sailing at the end of the day. Yeah, well, I, I think the America's Cup is that sort of area where you can you can do that sort of thing because it's you know it's always been about development and you know trying something. So I think that's that's the right place for it. Um, but yeah, I'd still the the, the other stuff's still pretty good as well. Yeah, fantastic. How'd you guys go in your fishing comp? You say, Brad, good haul I hear. Um, we we did really well. We had a great day for for us on our boat who. You know, I don't know much about fishing, but um, we did pretty well. <laughs> that's, that's good, mate. You, you just a bit you of, better you lucky than good. You can't lose at the moment. You're all fine. <laughs> you, you're going well. Hey, great to chat, mate. Thanks for taking our call and shedding a bit of light on that. Um, that and I'm going to call. I'm going to keep calling it the epic victory in the the Sydney to Hobart there for Law <laughs> Connect. It, it, it's it's yeah, still an no, amazing achievement, to be fair. Yeah, no, for Law Connect, it's a it's a big. Uh, a big win. Made a lot of people happy. Yeah, awesome. Oh, congratulations, man. Nice to talk. Thank you. We'll see you later. Here you go. Brad Jackson. Um, that's cool. Yeah, so matter-of-fact, so level-headed. Can tell why you'd be an outstanding sailor, can't you, down the back of the boat just getting it done. And that's interesting. So they go four corporates and then the skipper at the front of the boat just kind of videoing, enjoying. The, they don't do a hell of a lot of uh, sailing, skipper slash owner. You've got the sailing master down there, Tony Mooter. And then you can go through, um, like, there's some really, really good classic sailing names in here on, on the – I won't go through the crew, but there are some guys that – and women that have been doing this for a, a long period of time. So, yeah, really, really cool. And um, Brad would have been integral down the back there. Absolutely, and I know he's saying essentially it's just a puff of wind here or there, and um, you know there's not too much more to it, and they were kind of grinding them away the whole time. But I still think to be able to come from behind and to win in a finish like that, it's there's a lot of pressure involved, and the the I guess the margins are quite fine at that point in time. So yeah, pretty cool stuff. Brad Jackson. Love it, talking a little bit of sailing at this time of year, really cool. And, and I totally agree with him. Like, I think there's room for both. I even think I said that to Smithy. Like, the America's Cup, it's about development, it's about financing, it's about uh, technology, pushing the limit, speed, it's taking, it's evolving. And that's that's what it is, you know, much like GP. This is old school. This is, well, and to a point, though, it, it is about money and it is about the biggest and the, the newest and the, the boat with the, the nice accessories. Although saying that, Law Connect clearly has done this on a, a limited enough budget with a, a boat that probably wasn't exactly where it could have been if they had the uh, unlimited checkbook and, you know, just sailing craft, a little bit of good fortune, a really good crew, and uh, I just think um, ultimately... Uh, a, a crew that knew how to win and knew how to win in a close scenario and yes a, a little bit of fortune with the wind and a gust here or there but it's amazing i think there's room for it all 22 minutes past nine a good text from maggie i'll get to just after this with a darts update as well brad jackson that was cool